just tried to record this the first time we had some internet problems we're back at it a second time don't worry we didn't flush out any of the good takes yet so <laughs> we're so good Bengals lose 41 22 to the Chargers Sunday I'm co-host Jack joined by Alec how you doing how's finals canvas crashed we're good yeah canvas crashed um luckily my exam's tomorrow on canvas so we should be good um and apparently, from a little birdie, I've heard you don't have an exam again until Friday. Yeah, this is the facts of the case. Uh, right. I finished both of my exams today, and now we wait. Play the is waiting game until Friday. Is that a cause for celebration today? or? It is. I think we, we might go out on the town a little bit tonight, you know, um, celebrate a little bit. There's some good college basketball on tonight. Um, but what I am not going to be doing is wallowing in the sorrow of Sunday's defeat. So this is kind of where we left off, actually, when we stopped recording last time. So just in general, sort of range of emotions that we experienced on Sunday, it's really not anything new for a Bengals fan, but just talk about how with this team, we thought it was going to be different, and we thought we weren't going to have this type of game with this team. Yeah, so it seems like, you know, with the Bengals now, the, the problem they have is more national media attention it seems they have, it, the, the worse they play. Yeah. I, I had multiple friends um, that are not Bengals fans tell me that they're really excited to watch Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert this weekend. And it, it's kind of weird to hear that people are excited to watch the Bengals, that, you know, that aren't Bengals fans. Right. Uh, and, you know, they kind of laid an egg in the first half until – you know, you know, they fought back, but I don't know. The game was just, I mean, just wide range of emotions. And I, I want your opinion. Would you rather get blown out or would you rather fight back and then get stabbed in the heart by Joe Mixon on that fumble? Well, so I'm going to answer that with my general taking away of the game. Um, I was, fuck, I, I didn't want to use cuss word. I'll just blur that out. Um I was depressed on Sunday night. Like this is this, this was a different pain from the Packers game. And it was a different pain from the Jets game where both of those games, it was kind of like, yeah, I can see why the Bengals lost this game. But in my controversial opinion on Sunday is the Bengals were the better team because, because I mean, without even looking at the stats, if you just watched the game, one, not having Riley Reef and Trey Hopkins, 
obviously affected whatever they wanted to do on offense. I mean, they could not run the ball to the right side to save their life unless they put extra linemen in the game. Um, so hopefully those guys are back this week, but I'll table that. The Bengals overall, save a Jamar Chase bobble, which I want to get into that in a second. Save that and save a Joe Mixon fumble. The Bengals win that game. I have full confidence in saying they win that game if they don't beat themselves. I agree. I think that's the frustrating part. I wouldn't be as mad if I said, you know, the Chargers are a better team. But I can't, I, I can't say that because the Bengals shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again on Sunday. And it just, it drove me insane. It was one of their worst games of the season from both a turnover perspective and from a penalty perspective. I mean, the Bengals penalized seven times for 63 yards on Sunday. But, but they, but I mean, yes, a lot of turnovers, but we also, you know, we also created a lot of turnovers. So it was kind of just a back and forth game that, you know, they kind of let get out, get out of hand at the end. It, it, the game was not 19 points. I mean, let's get that straight. They lost by 19, but they didn't lose by 19. I mean, just looking at the stats, I mean, Bengals were 6 of 12 on third down. That That is really good. The Bengals were two for three in the red zone, which, you know, that's an issue, but it's not something you can't overcome. That last pick, but the, the, the one they didn't score the last pick, I mean, he was trying to – they were down – they were already down by 16, so – yeah. And, you know, just in general, it, Sunday hurts for the one reason I think it hurts the most is because one, that's a game you should win at home against a team that I, I don't care what the statistics say the Bengals, you played better than them. And the fact that you lost that game because your star players made mistakes really, really is such a disappointing way to lose. Like you said, it would be one thing if this was the Chiefs and they just came in and blitzkrieged the Bengals 41 to 7. It's another thing when you came all this way back to 24-22. The it's, ball. Not even, it's not even the turnovers and the penalties. I mean, the missed extra point at the beginning of the game, the botched halftime uh, going into halftime for Joe Burrow's finger, the Hail Mary. Just so many instances on Sunday where the Bengals looked like the Bengals of the past two years. And, and there, there were other moments where they didn't. The, you know, the Bengals the last two years would have laid down after that 24-0 um, you know, deficit. It would have laid down. It would have been like the Browns game. That, that's what I was expecting. And I think that's why I was really upset because they fought all the way back. And then it seems like it always happens to the Bengals where there's one turnover where you're just like, that would only happen to the Bengals. It was a backbreaking fumble from Joe Mixon. And, you know, it it had to happen at some point. Everybody fumbles the ball at some point. But to have it happen at that time in the game, it just sapped all of the momentum because the Bengals had a 54% win probability when when they lined up to run that play. Because it was well, they second. were on, they were in the Chargers territory. It was second and two at the thirty-six, I think. And just, you put the ball on the ground. But you know, you know, with, with that happening with Joe Mixon, though, I think that really will, you know, that'll spark him. I think he'll come out with a vengeance these next couple games because of that. 
what I think the encouraging signs out of this game, putting a positive spin on what was just an absolutely terrible day to watch Bengals football um, because it was that up and down roller coaster. It was that uh, progressive commercial where they throw the dollar out there. I got you a dollar and then they just whip it back. But the positives out of Sunday, number one, the defensive line was everywhere in that backfield. Yeah, they look great. I mean, they interior look good. Edge rushers look good. Trey Hendrickson is a beast. Yeah. Um, Remember we said he wasn't worth that. He is worth that contract and he is way better than Carl Lawson. Yeah, he is. uh, He, I think he's got the fifth longest uh, consecutive games with a sack streak uh, in NFL history now with eight. Um, And, you know, next week we'll talk about that, but 49ers present a different challenge and one of the great challenges they present now shifting this to the linebackers is that, Logan Wilson gets hurt on Sunday, dislocated shoulder, definitely out this week, probably out against Denver, but they're not putting him on IR, which means they expect that he should be able to play against Baltimore or Kansas City in a couple of weeks. The bright spot yesterday was Jermaine Pratt was everywhere, or Sunday was everywhere. Yeah, Jermaine Pratt was unbelievable. And I think that, you know, these next next couple games – for him or, or kind of like, you know, contract games, whether that's from the Bengals or another team that signs him, he needs to play well to earn that contract. I think he'll get a contract, but for him to get, make, you know, the money that he wants to, he's going to have to show up um, in these next two games. And then this week um, with the 49ers coming to town is going to be a really, really tough challenge. Yeah. And um, I think the other positives out of Sunday before I want to flip to a couple of ginormous negatives. Um, a minor note, T. Higgins was played awesome again. He has really stepped it up coming out of the bye week. Um, and I want to have a conversation about how him and that receiver room looks right now. The other positive I want to point out is Eli Apple continues to play very good football. Yeah, Eli Apple played well. Also, um, Tyler Boyd showed up again this week. And you know, we always know he's there. Um, but if you're going to mention T Higgins, I feel like you got him. I mean, Tyler Boyd was back too. Yeah. So, uh, he played well and, and overall Chido Bayouzier had a pretty good game. I'd say that interception was a great play by him. Um, there's a couple of times where the chargers are scheming these things up and they just schemed the Bengals to death on a couple of plays. So I don't really put those on a I put that more on maybe not having the right play called there for Lou Anarumo. I want to flip to the negatives and the two guys on Sunday that I think definitely played the poorest one on each side of the ball. And I want to start on the defense. Jesse Bates had a horrendous game on Sunday. I mean, he got mossed. Not only did he get mossed, but it was going to be on the two yard line anyway, from the pass interference. I'm, he has not played well this year. And I think it could be because he's trying to play to that contract. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure on Jesse Bates this year. There really is. He right now, this season, he has not played to the level of a top safety in this league. Um, Yes. He had a flashy big hit on Chase Claypool last week, but looking at the play on Sunday, and I totally understand that Justin Herbert is this different animal throwing the ball. Jesse Bates 
got burnt like a cheap piece of bread on that route from Jalen Guyton that he took to the corner of the end zone and Herbert just threw that laser. I mean, I don't know what Bates is doing there, but he stands there and Guyton just runs by him. Yeah, Jesse Bates is not playing well. And also, um, speaking of safeties, Von Bell looks really slow. Yeah. Like Von Bell has looked extremely slow the last couple of weeks, and I don't know why, because he was playing really well. Both of those guys need to step up their game, especially against these next couple of teams that the Bengals have on the schedule. You look at San Francisco, what do they want to do? George Kittle, George Kittle, George Kittle, George Kittle, George Kittle, George Kittle. Denver, what do they want to do? Noah Fant, run the ball, play action over the top. So litmus test these next two weeks for these safeties because if Sunday is any indication, they have a long way to go to play the football that we know they're capable of. Jesse Bates was, I mean, arguably the best safety in the NFL last year. So we know we know he has it in there. It's just about if – you know, if he doesn't feel pressure or I don't know. I mean, the, the contract looming is definitely, is, is definitely, you know, an issue. Yeah. It, regardless of however you want to approach it, um, he has not played to the standard that the Bengals expect a starting safety to play to. And, you know, with Chido, Chido Beowusie possibly being out again this week, you're going to have to really step your game up if you're Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Now, to the offensive side of the ball. And I don't think I'm breaking any news by saying Jamar Chase did not have his best game as a pro on Sunday. No, he did not. That, um, you know, that drop, I, I watched it a couple of times after the game. Um, I don't know what's wrong. I think he's getting frustrated because I, I watched his interview. They're throwing cloud coverages at him. So they're rolling people. I, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, man. It's just frustrating. So here is uh, Jamar Chase's rankings and a couple of interesting statistics. He is tied for fifth highest drop percentage in the NFL right now. He has he is number one in the NFL for interceptions when targeted. So whenever Joe Burrow throws it to Jamar Chase, he they lead the league in interceptions, and he is top ten in contested catch percentage. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you with those stats because I mean, let's be honest. He's the, the offensive rookie of the year campaign is done. It's Mac Jones. It's Mac Jones easily now. Despite the pass that he threw three passes last night. It doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter. We've, we've all been there before where you're part of the, remember it's all, all the funny stuff where it's like, you're part of the group project. When you when you don't do anything for the group project and still get an A, Mac Jones like, didn't even log into Canvas to see whose group he was in. That's <laughs> that's what little they asked him to do last night. Honestly, it's like, and I said this in the group chat, uh, one of our group chats. I said, um, the person who won like the Madden Bowl uh, used Tress Way, who's a punter for the uh, Red Whoa 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 football team. Whoa Whoa Whoa. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they used a punter at quarterback. That's what it felt like last night. It felt like I was watching Army, the Army-Navy game early. Well, Belichick had that Navy mask on before the game. We should have all picked up on that and took the over or under on Mac Jones' pass attempts. I mean, good. Um, it was 30 and a half. 
good Lord, you could probably put that old Browns O-line coach. What's his name? Bob Wiley. You could put him out there. If I'm being serious, if you could, if you could have gotten under center and actually caught, like fielded a snap, I think you could have had one, one hand and, and done what Mac Jones did last night. Yeah. 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 And speaking of one hand, that's actually a great way to segue continuing on this whole conversation of the Bengals offense. One, I want to talk about T Higgins is definitely the number one receiver on the Bengals right now. I think he's just the most consistent. Yeah. Well, I mean, Joe Burrow and now I want to segue this to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow looked pissed several times on Sunday. Oh, he was not having it. He was not having the sacks. Isaiah Prince did not play very well. I mean, let, let's just call a spade a spade. The entire O-line didn't play well. I think you could put this desk out there at center, and if you had an automated jugs machine, it could snap the ball better than Trey Hill. And All right. I, we, we, we were, you know, Trey Hill, six-round pick, would get it. He stinks. <laughs> oh, my God, he stinks. He is he bad. Is, he is not – he is not. An, and they finally got one good running play, and the bastard had a holding. I mean, I, I, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't do it. I was losing my mind. They need – I'm being serious. In the offseason, I know we're at playoff run, cut Trey Hopkins, save six mil, and sign a damn center like the Chargers did. I, you, like, you just have to sign a free agent center. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. It's a charade. I'm done with bad Bengals centers. Go pay one. Who was the last good one? Kyle Cook was not bad. Russell Bodine for like yeah. a year. Oh, for yeah. Like, for a year. For like a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Trey Hopkins did not play well. Yeah, let's, not, then, let's not act like Trey Hopkins is playing good. You know what I mean? Trey Hopkins, the difference, we preached all offseason, the difference oh. Oh, 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 yeah. Sunday was the perfect example of exactly that. The difference between a bad O-lineman and an average O-lineman wasn't. I'm also done, done, D-O-N-E, done with the Bengals staff spoon-feeding me that Isaiah Prince is a good NFL tackle. He's not. He actually didn't play terrible on Sunday. Jonah Williams did not play well. Dude, I'm just saying. Isaiah Prince should never get another start again. Well, hopefully he doesn't have to, because after what we saw Sunday, if they have to start any of the backups ever again, Joe Burrow might get killed. And that's what was making me more. Uh, Joe Burrow is a, is a stubborn bastard. He yeah. is damn stubborn. He was not coming out of that game, regardless if his finger fell off. I don't think he would have came out of the game. No. No, and speaking to that, looks like he's going to be fine and he's going to play through it. And, um, you know, I think it's to be expected. There might be a little limitation now, more quick game stuff for the Bengals, but it doesn't seem like anything that's going to hamper him to the fact where, like Carson Palmer a couple of years ago and like Andy Dalton more recently, it takes him out for games or forces him to significantly alter the way he operates in the pocket. That being said, The, the Bengals, it felt like – I don't know how I want to phrase this because it felt like they put a lot on Joe Burrow's shoulders after the injury, and you would think it would do the opposite of running the ball more instead of throwing. But I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. It was just frustrating. Yeah. But, I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. Yeah, we'll there's not really much you can do about it. Um, but overall, I thought Joe Burrow played well on Sunday. He got no help from any of his receivers, save T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Uzama had a drop. Chase had a drop, which was killer. Um, you know, you, you just can't play like that and beat a good team like the Chargers. And and that's the real crux of it. And the shame is that um, we know that the Bengals' best that game on Sunday. So, yeah, no, it, it, it was not their best. And it, it's just frustrating that it came at a time where they really needed to win. Yeah, yeah. Playoff odds take a dip from 65% to 44%. Um, that being said, in the context of the AFC, the Bengals actually made out pretty well on the weekend as a whole because the Bills lost. And right now it kind of looks like the three wild card seeds are going to come down to Chargers, Bills, Bengals, Colts. Uh, it looks like those four teams are going to be in that wild card mix. But the Bills probably going to lose again this week. Yes. Could definitely lose again next week. They play at Tampa this week, at New England next week. So the Bengals realistically, you have to go three and two. Yeah. No. Yeah. You got to go three. Yeah. You got to go three and two, get the 10 wins. I don't care how you do it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this week should be a win if Debo Samuel does not play. I, I, we can talk about the 49ers and actually that's probably a good idea just because of how schedules are going to work during finals week. Um, I really don't see a win this weekend, especially with the injuries they might have, but Denver is a game you should win. Cleveland is a game or uh, Baltimore is a game you should win with how they're playing. And then you got to win one or two between Kansas city and Cleveland. That being said, I would rather not have the, season dependent game on the road in Cleveland in January. I agree. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. Yeah. Um, And and I'd rather, and I'd rather have the Bengals start winning than cheering for other teams to lose. Cause that never, that never goes, never works out. Um, That being said, it also feels like the AFC North now has a bit of added level of intrigue uh, as far as the division goes, because right now you've got the Ravens at eight and four, the Bengals at the Ravens, eight and four, eight and five Ravens are eight and five. You've got the Bengals at seven and six. You've got the Steelers at six, five and one. And then you've got, right. Is that right? Am I doing my math? No, sorry, the Ravens are eight and four Bengals are seven and five. AFC North. Um, yeah. Ravens. Eight and four, Bengals seven and five, Steelers six, five and one, Browns six and six. All of a sudden, this is a divisional race. Yeah, I agree. I 100%. They win this week. The Ravens' schedule is tough. They still play the Packers and the Rams. Yeah. Ravens are very, they're on a very frisky footing right now because they also are only one and two in the division. And they go to Cleveland on Sunday. And if they lose that game, the Browns are right back in it. They're a game back. The yeah. Bengals are right back in it. And the Steelers, who have a winnable game Thursday night, are right back in it. No, they are. I agree. 
Now, it's really important for this Thursday that the Steelers lose. Very important because even though the Bengals have, you know, two wins over the Steelers, they have that tie. So they're not going to be tied for anything because they're either going to be a half game behind or a half game ahead because of the tie. Yeah. So they need the Steelers to lose against the Vikings. Yes. Um, but like you said, it's never a useful strategy to cheer for other teams to lose because it never works out in your opinion. Um, we can do a quick discussion on the 49ers. Um, I, I, this is a game that the Bengals truly, in my opinion, do not match up well at all. No, no, they don't match up well at all. Um, uh, Fred Warner was out last week. They're a star linebacker. They're like, they're all pro linebacker. He'll probably be back this week. Um, you know, Debo Samuel might be back this week. Their best guy on offense, Elijah Mitchell, who's a starting running back is in the concussion protocol. I saw. Um, and George Kittle just had a monster game last week. So I don't know, man, this, it just doesn't seem like it's a good matchup because the 49ers pound, pound, pound play action to the a top three tight end in the NFL. And, and yeah, you just can't really do anything. It doesn't matter. They could have me or you at running back. They're going to get their yards. So, well, I don't know about me. I don't know about me either. So, um, but so, um, um, the 49ers, this is a terrible matchup in my opinion because Logan Wilson being out changes the entire way of the defense. Yes, it does. I mean, the, uh, the Bengals play calling, he's their green dot. Um, he is the epicenter of that defense and him being out, I am not looking forward to Kyle Shanahan just throttling the ball down the Bengals' throats. Yeah, I, I – I'm really hoping that um, Debo Samuel for the 49ers and Elijah Mitchell both don't play. Yeah. Because that would be a huge, huge bonus for the Bengals. Now, flipping to the other side of the ball, their defense is not great. No, no, no. Their defense is not very good. They just gave up 30 points to a, to a Seahawks team who has been really bad on offense. So that's, that's a good thing to look forward to. But I'm not banking on anything after we talked about this chargers worst run defense nfl and they looked like the 85 bears on sunday i mean it looked like they had 13 guys um you know in every run fit so i i don't know what to tell you well the bills had 11 guys in every run fit last night and they got run over like blank blank bears thing yeah the bills got bullied last night um so, yeah, I mean, not too much to say about San Francisco. It, it's a team that plays a very similar style of football to the uh, Browns in that they kind of want to just line up, run their stuff, and run it right at you, knowing that you they're going to find a matchup. Yes. And they're a big tight end team. So, um, yes. That just not good matchups for the Bengals. But you know what? The NFL doesn't make any sense. So, the Bengals should win this week, even though it's a terrible matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Right now, I think the Bengals are one and a half point favorites. Over under looked like it was at forty seven when I checked this morning. I don't know if you want to give a pick yet or not. We can do an episode later in the week. Um, feels like we've already talked enough a lot about uh, San Francisco to kind of make this a combined podcast. Yeah. But um, yeah, so why don't you just go ahead and shoot off the hip for a prediction for me on Sunday? All right. Um, it's kind of early in the week. I don't really know who's going to be playing. Um, but assuming Riley Reef and Trey Hopkins play, assuming Debo 
you know, we'll assume they play. Yeah. Debo and Elijah Mitchell play. I'm going to go Bengals 24, 49ers uh, 21. Um, I'm good with that. I think that, like you said, I think Reef and Trey Hopkins both play this week, and I think that does. Yeah, Zach, um, Zach Taylor said they're day-to-day. And yeah. Day to day. So, yeah. And, and that, that should help them kind of do their stuff better on offense outside off tackle zone runs, um, stuff like that. Um, like you said, Chido Bay day to day with a foot. I don't think it particularly matters if he plays and Debo Samuel does play. Um, Debo's still going to get his, but I don't think that shifts the numbers in any particular direction. Um, I do think this is a game where the Bengals just can't overcome scheme. So I'm going to take San Francisco. I'm going to take them 28 to 16. Okay. It, 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 it does not feel like a game where the Bengals match up well at all, especially with Jermaine Pratt and either Joe Bocci or Marcus Bailey going to be the starting linebackers on Sunday. Yeah, that's another point that I forgot to make earlier. They're going to need to bring in some veterans. To, I, it uh, looks like Will Compton might be being brought in for a tryout. The boy from Barstools. Yeah, that would be very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, can they get AJ Hawk out there? What? Can they get AJ Hawk out there for one game? AJ Hawk, dude, Pat Maff, Matt, Pat McAfee show. Yeah. Um, I did see Ohio State was thinking about – maybe James Laurinaitis to be their new linebackers coach. But um, anyway, just doesn't feel like a game where the Bengals match up well at all. And I know I've kind of beat that dead horse about 17 times already, but this is truly a game where X's and O's are going to matter more than Jimmy's and Joe's because on paper, the Bengals have more talent than the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo is just below average QB. But Kyle Shanahan, despite the fact that he may not have achieved the results in San Francisco. Some people thought he would. I think he is still the best offensive mind in the NFL behind close with McVay. So. Yeah, I agree. So for me, that's my prediction. I, I don't see a Bengals win and I see seven and six going into a four game stretch that defines your season and probably next season too, with some of the off season moves are, that are going to have to be made if they make uh, the playoffs. Yeah. So that's that on the 49ers. I don't know if you got anything else to add there. I don't have anything else. All right. Well then let's get into a little bit of trivia questions. Question. Sorry. Singular. Um, Among quarterbacks. So Joe Burrow joined the top five um, interception percentage quarterbacks in the NFL with his two interceptions on Sunday. Among quarterbacks who started at least eight games and attempted at least 224 passes the last five years. Who is the only quarterback that finished in the top five for interception percentage that led his team to the playoffs? Hmm, that's, a, that's a good question. It was 2017, if that helps any. Uh, Philip Rivers? No, it is not. I'll give you an ABC. Okay. So... The 2017 – I'll just give you the teams that were in the 2017 playoffs. Okay. Okay. So, in the AFC, it was 
wait, no, that's 2018. Here we go. In the AFC, it was the Bills, the Jags, the Titans, the Chiefs, Patriots, and Steelers. And in the NFC, it was the Falcons, Rams, Eagles, Panthers, Saints, Vikings. All right, I'm going to go Blake Bortles then. That is not the correct answer. It was Marcus Mariota. No way. For the Titans. That was the year that he caught his own, that they beat the Chiefs, correct? Yes, that is the year they beat the Chiefs and they played Pittsburgh in the second, or they played the Chiefs really close. I don't remember. No, it was. Um, All right, I'm looking it up. Yeah, I thought that was the year – or was that the year – was that 2018? 22 to 21, they beat them. And then it was the next year that – I'm thinking the next year that when they lost in the AFC Championship. Okay, yep. Um, so, yeah, that was the last guy to be the top five in interception percentage and make the playoffs. So, not exactly great company um, <laughs> for Joe Burrow. And something that I, I think he knows he needs to be better about, but still we need to see some results because this offense is definitely turnover prone. Oh, they are definitely turning over prone, and they need to fix it bad. Yeah. So um, I think that'll do it. The MLB is officially in lockout, so maybe this means we don't get have to talk about the Reds ever again. That would be a dream come true, brother. That would be a dream come true. A dream come true indeed. All right. Um, thanks, guys, for joining us. We will talk to you later next week. Um, adios. Adios. Who did? Who did? Forgot that. Who did? Who did? Who did?